So, Rob, live from Philadelphia. Previously recorded from Philadelphia <laughs> for <laughs> well, everyone yes. else. Yeah, it's uh, right. Weird. We never did figure out how to live stream no. these things, did we? Um, should figure that. So that shows our ambition <laughs> yeah, with the exactly. podcast. <laughs> we thought about it once, and then we decided yeah. it wasn't worth the time. To yeah, probably out. no one would tune in. Maybe it's better not. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's. <laughs> we might get one. It's person. been like a month or so since we've recorded. I don't remember. Uh yeah, it's yeah. been some time. Still haven't edited Hans. I, uh, yeah, a lot has. Oh, you haven't edited the Parts two episodes two and three yet. We'll we'll send those out before this one. But yeah. Yeah, well, you know, so you make the people wait, and then they really want their pod. They like they're they're practically drooling. I know, for right? It, you know, Get a delayed gratification. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I have the complete opposite relationship with all of my podcasts. They're mostly like, oh my God, I have so many podcasts mm-hmm. in my queue. How am I ever going to keep up? And then I just start deleting one. Fall side. behind like, them. I'm never yeah, going to so get to We're one. making... Yeah, I have like 20 We'll make people's queue. lives easier. We'll just have fewer episodes dripping out. <laughs> yes. Not that any of you can hear this now to plan that way, but we're giving you the time now <laughs> yeah. to get caught up so that you can have a fresh, clear mind for... Sorry to get exactly. back on topic. So, um, yeah, it's been a while. My big change lately, uh, as you know, but the listener doesn't know, is that I moved to Philadelphia. And we talked about this before, probably. But um, mm-hmm. it it's one of those things that's kind of like an uncertain time when we're going to actually move and what, you know, even where we're going to live. Um, because it could be just any old town in Pennsylvania but um, mm-hmm. anyway, we finally settled on Philadelphia instead of trying to be close to one of Mary's many rotations. Figured it'd be better just to be in uh, urban area. Got more amenities around us. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Easy travel. It's pretty nice. Only an hour and a half yeah. back to Brooklyn. So we've been back a couple of times, have oh. dinner or uh, get our favorite ice cream, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's right. the The roots, I believe, are from Philadelphia, and they. I I think I heard that when they took the Tonight mm-hmm. Show gig, um, that they stayed living in Philadelphia and just commuted. Oh wow! In to do the Tonight yeah. Show, because they really wanted. I've to heard stay people in do that. I don't so. have like the stats handy or anything, but I have heard anecdotally that there are probably a few thousand people that live in philly and commute to work in manhattan um mm-hmm. i mean i guess i get it you have a lower cost of living but it's just i know it's kind of weird i wouldn't want to do that i it's a lot of commute yeah. time because i mean it's an hour and a half by car so i guess if you drive in mm-hmm. fine but like taking the train probably takes it a little Couple longer hours, yeah. i don't know yeah so that's a lot. It's like four hours. Yeah, a and day. it's like the. I mean, New York is great because of all the stuff you can do in it. And if you're only going there to work, mm-hmm. you're really just kind of really putting yourself in this inconvenience. Uh, I would. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it's like you're only going to New York for right, the worst exactly. part of New York. So I guess some <laughs> people like the quiet life, and maybe they 
want the higher New York paycheck, although you're paying more taxes being in two states, but yeah. Yeah, it's like just just find a nice yeah. suburb. You know? Anywho, I just pretty much Definitely. all I've done is moved and um, unboxed, and you know it's taken a few weeks to get everything in its place, but we're pretty much there now. So that's that's my update. What about you? Yeah. It's been been a while as well. It has been a while. Yeah, we both had some big news. I uh, I went off Rob during our hiatus, and I got married. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, was it a small yeah. thing uh, what, what was that like well we had about f- 450 people no i'm just kidding <laughs> so funny. yeah no, no it, was, <laughs> it was like 12 people it was only my myself and my uh now wife and our uh her her dad my parents and our siblings mm-hmm. you know our brothers and sisters and and her grandma so very small like 12 people and it was at my parents' home. They have live on a beautiful eight-acre wow. lake. So it's really funny because we initially wanted to have mm-hmm. the wedding there. And we, like, asked my parents if we could have the wedding there. And then as we got to planning it, my dad was kind of like, ah, man, I just don't know about doing this here. He was, like, really nervous about having so many people and, like, what's the rain plan? Oh. And, like, yeah, he wasn't <laughs> down. He, he ended up not being down for it. So we, you know, started thinking of new ideas and, uh, we're like, well, we could have a destination wedding. And then we were really on board with that. We're like, okay, we want to get married in China because we had mm-hmm. just gone to China and it, we like, we found this really beautiful city called Hangzhou, which is kind of like the Silicon Valley of hmm. China. And it's like, uh, it's a beautiful city. It's got like a skyline and then there's, it's surrounded on three sides mm-hmm. by a lake. Um, wait, hold on. I'm saying this wrong there is so it's like a little peninsula into a lake no i have this wrong if you're in the middle of the lake and you look around one side is the city skyline and the other three sides are mountains and then there's this huge lake there it's it's incredibly gorgeous it's like really awesome and we're like oh we should just we should just invite you know whoever wants Mm -hmm. to come um and we'll have like a destination wedding and we were really on that path and we thought this could be really good because the trip we took to china was in usually destination cheap. weddings i hear I like mean, mexico or like a beach uh hadn't heard of uh, uh china right. yeah china yeah well and the thing was we were going to try to get in touch with this travel agency that we had just mm-hmm. gone with to do this trip because we each went to china for 10 days for like 800 dollars a person and we're like, okay, if we can somehow link this wedding into doing yeah. that, like again, that'd be like so cool. that'd be great. Like I would go on a destination wedding for ten days to China for eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Like if somebody asked me, because I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting a lot. Like my, it's not, my I'm going flight to, to was sixteen hundred just to go to Japan. Exactly. And, I mean, it's a little bit further, but we yeah, yeah touched down in China and then went right. to Japan. And wow, that's great. Yeah. But anyway, so we had this all this great idea, and then COVID hit, and we're like, well, looks like we're not getting yeah. made in China uh, anytime soon. And now that tensions are so high between the U.S. and China, probably won't get married in China for a while. I <laughs> wouldn't want to try to plan yeah. that. So anyway, we just decided, okay, you know, let's just do mm-hmm. the thing, and then we'll start planning on having some larger ceremony mm-hmm. later. And, um, if that gets pushed back, it's like, no worries. Cause we're already married. It's just whenever you do like a ceremony, up, ceremony or like a party, a big party. I think we will still do a cool. ceremony. Cause there's a lot of stuff we didn't do in this ceremony that we're like, Oh, we really mm. want to do that. 
and we didn't do it because you know we were we had a week and a half yeah. to plan it basically <laughs> <laughs> um including like playing we didn't have like any music or stuff like that just mm-hmm. because like we just didn't have time to figure that out and we want to both play at our wedding because we're both musicians and we're like well we don't have time to like plan the rest of the wedding and learn music and <laughs> wait how are you going to play and get married at the same it? time well i meant like play as part of the ceremony actually like have it be some little yeah not like the vows or something like <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> sing my vows or something but it's like <laughs> but just you know find a way because we just because we have two different heritages coming together like because her family's chinese mm. and my family's american well, are, are they from I that mean, part of china Chinese that you European. went to or not they are not from that part of china um but they and actually they left china her parents her dad sorry never actually lived in china he uh they fled hmm. to taiwan when the communist party stuff was coming in and uh so he was born in taiwan but they they came from china right like they her his parents were both chinese so he's chinese mm-hmm. um anyway so no it wasn't from that part of the country but um but anyway, we wanted to try to like have some Chinese traditions in our wedding and maybe even like both learn to play some Chinese uh-huh, instruments cool. and also some like um some other instruments that represent our heritage, like some Irish stuff and some Scottish stuff and that kind of a thing. So anyway, we're like, well there's no way we can get that together in a way that we feel good about in like a week and a half. So we just said, let's do that next time. So anyway, that's some of the stuff we're trying to think about doing. But no, it was a really beautiful ceremony. I mean the weather we thought it was going to be really hot and muggy because Missouri is pretty mm. hot and muggy around this time. Like right now there, it's probably like 97 Ugh. and really humid. Yeah. <laughs> like awful. But when we did it, which was, it could have been like that on this day. It was on July 12th. It was 74 with wow. a light breeze. Very nice. And clear skies. Yeah. It was really nice because the light breeze is important because it keeps, if there's a little breeze blowing, all the bugs, like the bugs yeah. don't bother you at all because they're right. just being blown around and so or they're just trying to stay from getting down from getting blown around so yeah that's, it was that's, awesome. that's really nice and you've got you know this kind of special family memory m- memory at least for that and then mm-hmm. you can do whatever awesome yeah. celebration later yeah well we can invite yeah. all our friends you know not 450 people i would i no. never want a wedding that big. it's that funny was, i that sounds like literally i, I thought <laughs> i thought we would need to do like 200 for ours um just mm-hmm. you know before the proper planning stage we just started writing down like names of everyone we would want to include and and invite and whatnot and so like i put down all my mm-hmm. friends and then of course extended family and then she did the same thing and it was like around 200 <laughs> and that just mm-hmm. would have been so expensive. And we had already kind of had this frame of what the location would be. So it turns out that the max, I think, uh, limit for the um, little chapel was like 110 people. So then we had to mm-hmm. start cutting people, and that was fun. <laughs> Lots of arguments there. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. bet there were. But yeah, it's like, I do like this person yeah. too, but <laughs> you know, yep. And it's like, anyway, it's like, I, know uh, I don't is. really want to, I mean, like I never talked to this part of the extended family. Do we need to invite them? And a mom's like, of course you have to invite them. They're your family. And, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out great. Yeah. It's so funny that like, cause then you might have like, at, that's the expense of like 
maybe inviting a friend who you're Close actually with. exactly i know it's to. like this weird thing yeah, of like yeah. oh yeah well my my uncle in in oregon who i haven't talked to since I'm trying to remember maybe like i was 12 or something you know he's just like very distant in <laughs> yeah. the family but uh you know or this old friend from high school or something but oh well yeah i mean did no, they, they, they turned it down <laughs> like <laughs> right yeah. of course anyway yeah so and well how's anyway, the teaching going and work stuff and it's really great i mean i can't complain at all um like i said i i think i've said it on previous podcasts like i'm pretty much doing fine have like the same number of students i had before mm-hmm. all this started and now i just don't have to commute everywhere which is, is chicago great. changing or um, opening up in it like new york is uh pretty much almost there this statewide they're at phase four which is their final reopening phase so they're pretty much good but mm-hmm. the actual the dense urban areas like manhattan are still no no indoor dining for example whereas philadelphia is kind of in in between they're not really open so what's it like there yeah i think it's more lax here than it is mm. up in the northeast i've been hearing stories about the northeast um, but like, I mean, in Illinois, they did try to open up quite a bit. I think even bars and taverns oh, wow. were open for limited, for like 25% capacity, but that just got rolled back. Um, yeah. so now it's down to like, you know, you can still eat indoor, I think at, uh, restaurants, but there's no bars wow. or taverns open and, um, you can have parties up to six, mm-hmm. I think is what it was in, uh, yeah, it's I can't keep track honestly because it keeps going back and forth. But the thing I hope that they do figure out is school, because like, man, I just don't really want to go back to the schools and like they're like I'm a week from tomorrow. I'm supposed to be doing like a drumline oh, camp in person, and I'm just kind of like, eh, I just it, do we need it? Yeah, like, do you need that? Like, can we do? <laughs> Like how they have essential workers. Can they do essential teachers? Like only math and English and science. <laughs> no extracurricular. Well, I mean, I don't want to get down. I don't want to get down that path of like, are the arts, you know, essential? Because I do think they are. But I don't know that we need to like all get into a big group and right. blow horns at each yeah. other. Like, I just, I, I don't know. know. Maybe I'm being cynical. But maybe I'm just getting stuck into my like quarantine life of like not having to go yeah. anywhere for work and Same. i love it and i really don't want to go so i was curious I what know. you i mean it sounds like you've adapted your lessons pretty well enough but i saw something that um i'm not a teacher but i it resonated with me this person was talking about how people don't realize how um well first of all teachers do not want to go back to school they don't want to no one's really asking them mm-hmm. in this whole like debate it's like parents and the government are involved but no one's actually talking to the teachers about it if they want to go back to their jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, So, of course, they don't want to go back because of the risk. But I also heard something about how, like, people don't realize how, how, how challenging it is to create curriculum that is engaging online and people are bending over backwards and going through hoops to come up with, you know, like a zoom lesson for math that can keep all 20 uh, rectangles on the screen focused. (laughs) And, um, Mm -hmm. and I was just thinking about like, wow. Yeah. How miserable would that be? Like that sounds super hard. When I taught English for a little while in Spain, it was like every, 
every day I had to think of some cool game or activity. Like I would sandwich, you know, like here's a little warm up thing, and then here's the actual lesson, and then let's practice with what we learned by doing another game, and like all these things to keep them interested. Right. And um, I just that would totally fail online. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, it's uh, I have I have a lot of sympathy for teachers doing that, and you know, I may be in the position of having to do that if it is all virtual once the year starts, which is I would still prefer, I think, from mm-hmm. going back. But like, the thing that kind of boggles my mind is like when this hit during the school year, right? It's not like it caught us by surprise yeah. this year. So what? It seems surprising to me that like as soon as that happened, and we're like, okay, well. You know, school for the end of this year is kind of a wash. Let's get on the ball now to figure out how we could do some, like, really, really good, like, or, like, on a national level, do some things to really help figure out what we will do this September if yeah. this thing isn't gone. Plan ahead. This August. Imagine. Right? <laughs> but it seems like no one did anything. We, we keep we keep hoping and they crossing just, our fingers. We're assumed. like, oh, it'll be better by then. And then it comes around and we, we push back. To, like, Mary and I are talking about uh, the holidays, for example. And... Uh, like, mm-hmm. what do you want to do for Thanksgiving? What do you do for Christmas? We have this discussion every year because, you know, when you're married, it's like, which family do you spend time with? And, um, right. Yeah. But this time around, it's like, well, I mean, I'm hoping it'll be like decent by November, but I don't know. And then, like, if not that, then maybe it'll be good by Christmas time. Well, actually, I don't, it could backfire. Who fucking knows? <laughs> right. But it's like nobody came, yeah, nobody came up with a plan or even the, what it felt like the base work of a plan, yeah. you know, like, I feel like they, they, somebody could have, maybe some state was smart and did this, but like just hire like a commission mm-hmm. of teachers to work through the right. summer, right? There are, there are the teachers, the teachers are off. The ones that you need to do yeah. this, they're not working. Or like <laughs> right? a board the of so like, education. <laughs> right. Well, but, I mean, they don't know shit, I mean, but... <laughs> even then, I mean, well, maybe they do, but, like, even then, they probably have uh-huh. other jobs and whatever. That's not their full-time job. But, like, the teachers, the ones you need yeah. to design curriculum and stuff, they're all off in the summer. So, like, employ a bunch of them. Like, get all the math and science I mean, teachers like working on this. <laughs> I feel like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to, de- just to develop uh, engaging curriculum mm-hmm. that schools could roll out when they, get, when they get back if we need it. And if we don't, right. put it away. And then when the next one of these things hits, which mm-hmm. it probably will, or there's something worse than this, we have a way of still doing school when there isn't an option to go back to school. Like 100% yeah. no way we could go back to school. Like if it was something like Spanish right. flu was, you know. I wish we like, were treating this like like Apollo 13 where, you know, you've got every, or wait, was it 11? <laughs> right. <laughs> 13, yeah. 13, 13 and, was um, bad one. You know, yeah. you got everyone in the room and they're like, okay, well, we have a soda can and toilet paper and like, how can we figure this out? And like, <laughs> we, we should be... Well, the problem is yeah. we don't have toilet paper now. <laughs> Ooh, corona <laughs> joke. <Just> <laughs> we should be getting creative and like... In in New York, I don't know how how different states are approaching this, but in New York, they were I think they have three different um, approaches to reopening. One is like fifty uh, percent capacity. So if you have you know twenty twenty person class, then you only have ten students, and uh-huh. it, alternating every other day. Um, that's one mm-hmm. way. Another way is like regular capacity, but you've got like the plexiglass uh cubicles instead of desks which yeah that's gonna go great and 
Yeah, it someone, just seems like that a good some idea. pundit I heard was had the best touche of like, okay, so you've had this classroom all set up and they're in these little plexiglass containers where they can't sneeze on each other. What happens when the bell rings? What happens when <laughs> they go to lunch or open their lockers and they're talking to each other? And yeah. You know, have you ever seen people in the park playing this thing where like they put on these big bubbles yeah. and like run at each other? There you go. That's, That's what we creative. need. We need every, everybody and those and they all just run around and then like when they have recess, it's just like, okay, now you're allowed yep. to run into each other. If or you want could to. we, or instead of alternating because that's not going to work, could we do like half capacity in the schools? And then obviously now you need twice the number of schools. But what about we uh, shut down the libraries and they are only for school use? And now you put half of the kids in in the libraries, or I don't know any other gymnasiums or something. Like we could find public buildings to spread out into, and it's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. But at least. Like, if you really want kids in school that badly, this is the kind of stuff you should be working on. But it sounds like it's not its not a, how do we get them back into school? It's either we're not going to do it, or we're just going to do it like we did last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, it amazes me how un-innovative. Un- yeah. what's, what's the opposite of innovative? <laughs> Antivative. <laughs> I just made that up. Um, yeah, it's amazing how how little it's been thought about it seems like um so anyway so it looks like i'm gonna be teaching some drumline in person uh come next monday Mm. and we'll we'll see how that goes um they gotta do temperature checks and the funny thing is you have to do like a self-certification about your own like health and i just think like well like what if one of the three Mm -hmm. three teachers for this marching band thing gets sick like not get sick with the virus just in has general. like a sore throat and then they have to write on the thing i had a sore throat that's a coronavirus mm-hmm. symptom you now have to right. not go so yeah. now what do we do the other two of us aren't going to take or, over the rest or of it. about like, not gonna happen, like you know mary is just dying of allergies this year i don't know why they're hitting her worse but like what happens if you show up mm-hmm. to school and you're just constantly sneezing all over the place and you're like oh excuse- right <laughs> it's yeah. just my no one's gonna believe that um and people are like yeah shoving you into yeah. like the bathroom like a stall just like <laughs> sealing yeah. you in there so what uh, what happens yeah, no. you know if a teacher doesn't want to do this do they have to quit can, i don't know can they they're screwed i guess i don't know it's kind of like well you know they didn't sign yeah. up for this and uh they didn't sign up for the online thing either but i'm sure they'd be willing to learn if there were some resources right. you know like and again, it just seems like what we could have done, there's not a lot of things yeah. we could have done to predict how coronavirus is going to go, but what we could have done was prepared for like the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. which is that everyone has to yeah. stay home again. Okay. How are we going to handle childcare? How are we going to handle online teaching? Like, are there places that kids can go to do at least to do the online mm-hmm. learning? Like, so like their parents need to take them somewhere because they can't stay home. Let's say, okay, well, maybe that's where your libraries come in, right? It's like they can go in there. They can do the mm-hmm. online stuff. Maybe they can even have like a meal right. there. Like, but then nobody figured any of it out. Like I haven't heard about any state who's like, oh yeah, we were nope. ready for this. We're like on it. Yeah. So they turned our, well, yeah. anyway, our we'll uh, New York public schools into like um, meal pickup locations. So 
um, because a lot of people mm. were afraid about closing down schools. That's a consistent meal that kids get for free. Um, so they, they yeah. aren't holding any classes, of course, but uh, families could go show up, take a meal, and then take it home at least. But yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I've been hearing about some other stuff in the Northeast, though, about like, because, um, uh, sorry, I should preface this, that Jalen, my my wife and I are thinking about, we're, we were going to do a big honey international cool. honeymoon when we had our wedding, right? But we're not now because I Americans know. aren't allowed Mexico. anywhere. So, <laughs> That's about it. Um, right, right. Some of those little islands, <laughs> you can go some of, them of those. But no, we we want to do something big on the in the eastern hemisphere, and we'll we'll just wait, you know, and do that later. But in the meantime, we're gonna take like a domestic mm-hmm. honeymoon, like go do a long road trip, go camping, and we were thinking like, well, are we gonna go west or are we gonna go east? Like we know a lot of people east, and I've been east a lot, so I was kind of a fan of going west, but she more was on the side of going east, and then like we started hearing about like, well, you know, if you want to go to like Vermont or New Hampshire, like if you came from certain states, you like can't, or you have to have like a certification that you didn't, that you got tested oh, wow. and you got the virus. And like, there's like lots of stipulations and apparently you can get like fines for it. Like, um, I don't remember which state it was, but like if you got, I mean, if you like came to a hotel and you didn't have it, they wouldn't like you, they like wouldn't let you stay there if you're from out of state and you didn't have the certification Dang. or like, uh, if a cop pulled you over and you're from out of state and you didn't have it, like you get like a $500 fine I mean, or something. It was like good, intense. Wow. And I was like, I don't want to deal with all that. Yeah. So I was like, West it is where they don't give a shit <laughs> yeah. about anything. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think like, I, um, so. I, I don't really know. I guess it makes sense. Just, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like I should be tired of my job because I get to stay at home all the time and you know, it's nice and relaxing, mm-hmm. but really it's kind of like, uh, first of all, you have the same stresses of work, but you can't reach out and like just put people in a room and talk to them about stuff. You have to have, you know, phone call after yep. phone call, which is stressful. And, mm-hmm. you know, then when work is done, you don't have that. There is something about a commute, that physical space to decompress by the time you get home. And now it's like, yes. sure, I love my zero commute. I can roll out of bed, take a shower, and then five minutes later, I'm at work. But um, then on mm-hmm. the other end, when I'm done with work, I leave this office that I'm in right now and I can go plop down on the couch and watch Netflix or whatever. But at a certain point, you start to feel kind of trapped. And on top of work being stressful, I just have this feeling of like, man, I need a vacation. Can't can't go anywhere. Yeah. So the only idea I had was, well, maybe take a road trip. Right. And uh, my friend Chris mentioned mm-hmm. he really wants to get out to Yellowstone. He's thinking of renting a car and driving a couple of weeks. And I was like, well, I've already got a car. Maybe we could go do that. Um, Mary will be oh, busy awesome. with, you know, her hospital rotations. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's not decided yet, but that's an idea that we're kind of floating around. And my, my theory is we'll be in the car, you know, from A to B. And when we get out to like get gas or something, you just take the same precautions you do in New York where you, hand sanitize before and after you touch the pump and you know wear your mask and all that stuff and um i feel like it could be done but yeah yeah oh i think definitely i mean and where you're going there is like far Yeah, we're not gonna go to like applebee's or anything we're gonna go to like yellowstone or whatever and we're just walking around and (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to get food yeah. places and whatever, but it's, I think it's fine. Like, you should let, you should let us know if you're going to do that because, you know, that might be somewhere yeah. that we head to. Like, maybe there's some way we'll link cool. it up or something. That'd be We're fun. thinking about maybe August um, or middle, middle August. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be. That's right when school starts. Mm. So it kind of depends on what happens with school for me. But anyway, uh, if you do that, like, um, I have learned a lot from my dad cause he's driven mm-hmm. out that way a lot to go to Wyoming and, oh, never been over there. and he says like, definitely drive across South Dakota and go across I like the badlands. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's they should call the it the good lands. Taken. But. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Scenic view lands. Should, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, scenic view yeah. national park. <laughs> <laughs> I had something so, else to bring up and I totally forgot. Oh. Well, unless you had a particular topic to hit on, I was going to uh see what you think about this the landscape of podcasts lately. It's getting a little meta. But, you know, these oh. kind of walled garden experiences okay. like, you know, Joe Rogan going to Spotify, so the only place not that I'm a big fan of his, but like the only place oh. you can listen to whatever podcast is now on Spotify, or maybe you have to go to Luminary is another one that's not quite as famous. Yeah. Well, I remember that I used to listen to the Russell Brand podcast, oh, yeah. and then it moved to Luminary, and I got real mad because I was like, I don't, I'm not going to pay for Luminary. Um, you yeah. have to pay for that one. Yeah. At least you did at the time. I don't know if you still do, but. So I just didn't listen to his podcast anymore, and that was kind of a bummer. But I was like, I'm not going to add something exactly. else because, I don't know, it's a slippery slope. Anyway, um, but I haven't thought about it much. I mean, I use Google Podcasts now, which I really like. And that's not a isolated um, thing. That'll just pick up any public podcast? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so... I mean, does that mean that you can't get Joe Rogan's podcast on like anything right. but Spotify? Like you can't even get Exclusive it through Google Podcasts. Same with a few other ones. I don't know how I familiar mean, people are with some of them, but um, I think Last Podcast on the Left is another one that was pretty popular. They're one of those kind of like true crime mm-hmm. uh, slash comedy. They're a bunch of comedians that talk about uh-huh. criminals. <laughs> so that's a pretty good yeah. show. But um, yeah, now they're exclusive to Spotify. And ever since they moved, I, I, I all, listen, I already pay for Spotify premium. It, it wouldn't uh-huh. cost me anything extra to just go listen to them on there. I don't know if it's a matter of principle. Right. I just dropped the show. I quit listening to it because I have my podcast app and <laughs> I like my podcast app. <laughs> because of the design of it, the way it works, just everything in one place. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, Spotify, I pretty much have Spotify to like pipe into my smart speakers so I can, you know, tell Alexa or whatever, Hey, play jazz or something. And it uses Spotify for that. And there's no ads cause I pay for it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to like, Oh, now this podcast, I'm going to open up Spotify and listen. And this one, I have this and this, it is hard to keep track of yeah. all of it then, I find. I got... Like, it's like if you had all your music in different apps, it'd be really annoying to like, oh, which app is that one? I'm totally. Thinking. And I got all worked up about this last week, which is why I wanted to to bring it up on the podcast, because I need to talk to someone about it. But mm-hmm. um, as, <laughs> as, 
What, Mary didn't want to hear about it? give a damn. <laughs> She's like, wow, <laughs> your life kidding. is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm studying yeah. to be a doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, I just feel like the what's happening to podcasts right now is what happened to movies and TV 10 years ago, five years ago. And l- look at yeah, where we are Netflix. now. We've got like... 20 different services you need websites like just watch which free plug for them anyone who has ever wondered like Mm -hmm. oh can i stream doctor who you go to justwatch.com and it's uh, they give you a a search bar you don't have to make an account if you make an account you get the benefit of remembering which ones you already have like i only have netflix and hbo so it'll just give you that but you type in a TV show, oh. and it'll tell you where they're at. Like, oh, it's only available on BritBox, you know, some obscure <laughs> streaming platform for British TV. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's this, you know, uh, it's a nice utility. Um, but it's like an indexing service. Now you have to open up the phone book and see, like, okay, even if I already have Prime Video and HBO and, and Netflix, I still sometimes need to think like, oh, there's this new movie I heard, you know, like it's it's on, which right. one was it on? Oh, it's on Prime Video. Okay, now I got to go do that. And just that whole mm-hmm. hassle of flip-flopping between these different services, not to mention the issue of paying for multiple services, which I think speaks for itself. No one wants to pay extra. But even if, let's just assume you you already pay for all of them, which is crazy, it's still a huge inconvenience Mm -hmm. just to get what you want. Um, And that that really irritates me. And I see that this is exactly where podcast is going. Like right now, yeah, Spotify is trying to buy up and uh, Apple launched their first exclusive Mm -hmm. podcast. Apple News, mm-hmm. which is like the the daily from the New York Times, where they have like a little 10, 20 minute news digest. You can only get it on Apple now. Um, and oh. so, yeah. 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 With the, the Netflix and who and all that, it's like somebody should just make a, like a, a service where you can just pay a flat monthly fee and get access yeah. to all of them. I would, I want to make, I want to, I'm joking, Rob. That's cable. Well, <laughs> that is cable. <laughs> okay. The downside of cable is it's all live. Like it's like tune in, you know, if it's at the time you want, That's I guess true. you can DVR things, but I, I no, I've been like thinking about how cool it'd be if I could like create a service like just watch where instead of just searching and finding out, Oh, it's on this thing. You have like this, some, like if you have a Roku or Apple TV, they have a broad search button mm-hmm. and that search button also will, you could, you know, put in the Americans or the West platforms. wing or whatever. And it would tell you which platform it's on. You could click on it to open it there. That's one of my favorite things about Apple TV. Um, but mm-hmm. that solves the problem for searching. Now you also have, um, I'm getting kind of into the weeds of my design experience because I've designed this <laughs> before where you, you have to solve the case of people searching and finding, obviously make sure people find what they want. But then there's the browsing where you're just sitting down, you know, after work, I just walked over to my couch and open up Netflix. Maybe I'm not in the mood for a, this drama that I was watching. I want something else. I need those little carousels of different subjects that you get on Netflix or on prime video, but you don't get anything that mixes them together. So it'd be kind of cool. I think to design a service that would, you you give all your logins, your passwords or whatever, and 
and it'll pull it from there and you can browse and be like, oh, what's a cool sci-fi right now? And it doesn't matter what platform it's on. You just click it and it plays. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does seem like, I mean, probably I can imagine that eventually everything, like everything will have a producer, obviously, like there'll be like a Netflix produced show, but maybe everything will be a la carte in the way that like, I mean, this is the way that this is the consumer driven way. If the consumers had their choice, I think it would be like, okay, well, I want to watch that show. So I can add that show to my monthly Mm -hmm. whatever package for like $2 and have access to all the shows. And it was, it'll keep being $2 a month until I say, okay, I don't want access to that show anymore. And like, then you can just like turn, you're always like turning Mm -hmm. on, turning off things, you know, and it hopefully adds up to something like $20, $25 a month. Like you're maybe even like 30 or $40 a month. Like you're, uh, like all your streaming services added up with cost, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, that would be the best thing, right? If you're like, I want access to like all uh, St. Louis Cardinals baseball games for, for mm-hmm. like, on a monthly basis. And then whenever I don't want it anymore, I can just turn it off. And the next month that won't be part of my a la carte I like, think build. I, I see the, the benefit of the idea where you're only paying for what you use. But I think the downside is that in practice, mm-hmm. you'd end up with like, the the apple music store where where you pay 99 cents for the song which is very cheap and you're only paying for the songs you Mm -hmm. listen to but the reason that subscription services succeed so much more lately are it's a set it and forget it type of mentality and you create the illusion of Uh wow i have so many more options i can listen to whatever i want i think I think you could still achieve what you're talking about, but you do it in reverse. Think of it like your electricity bill. You get billed at the end of the month for Mm -hmm. what you have consumed. So imagine you you sign up for a Netflix or whatever, and so you've you've got the foot in the door. You can click on anything, but then at Mm -hmm. the end of the month, they'll send you a bill for how much you watched. Um, Or maybe it's not number of hours. Maybe it's number of shows. So if you want to binge one show, they still only charge you two bucks. But if you watch, you know, a few episodes of five different shows, then they'll just bill you later. And that reduces that that decision. Every time you run into that buy button, that little decision point of, oh, 99 cents, even though it's a small number, it's still like a speed bump. And you're going to have a lot of people deciding to Mm -hmm. turn away. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, because I think even in the situation you're talking about, I mean, that's, like, so consumer-based. I think it's too consumer-based, and, like, people will still, like, I mean, what makes, what makes like, Netflix, I think other groups make money is that they have so much content, like you're saying, available, and they charge a certain mm-hmm. monthly fee for that, but you don't use yeah. most of it, right? It's kind of like how gyms, like, Globo gyms, like, big ones, <laughs> they start, like, they charge you, but they anticipate that you're not oh, going yeah. to show up that much because they enroll so many people that there's no way they could possibly house it, house them all if right. they all showed exactly. up at once, right? So, but anyway, with I think what you're saying was kind of work. Maybe it should be like you can have this many shows. So like you get like uh-huh. a, a a monthly yeah, allotment. Different tiers. Here's kind the five like show Audible, tier, the ten right? show tier. Exactly, exactly. And or it could mm. be a number of hours. It's like, you know, I want to I want to have only 10 mm-hmm. hours a month. Or I you know, which is like really low if you barely use it, but maybe you like to watch like a sport like one sport thing once a week, you know, and you're like, okay, that's all I want to watch, so I get a 10-hour package, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like 5 bucks a month. Yeah. Or something. And then for somebody else who wants to watch a lot, it's like, you know, like a 100-hour mm-hmm. and unlimited, right? Um Yeah, something like that I could yeah. see working. 
Like that way you're you're incentivized to use all of your thing and maybe to upgrade kind of like data packages on yeah. phones, right? Like I don't know, I hate data packages. Otherwise you just Cuz then you have to like to try waste. and predict. I know. I, I I like the electricity idea because it's like if you do really want to splurge, you I mean, you don't you know that you're going to get charged more like this summer. I'm usually super cheap about turning off all the lights and everything, but it was just so hot in June. We had our air conditioners running all the time and it's just like, you know, fuck it. It's, it's hot. <laughs> I'm going to pay extra. Yeah. And, um, right. and we got like right. a $200 bill or something. It was crazy. But, um, yeah, I think the same thing would happen though with, with entertainment. You're like, Oh, I've already got my five shows or whatever, but I really want to watch this show, so I'll just pay the extra like fee. But but in the in the to do model that, that you just not that any of this matters because it's all fake. But <laughs> in the in the model you <laughs> described, you would have to like call or go to the website and click upgrade or something like that. Like um, yeah, um, I guess you'd have to. Yeah. But it could be really easy because your information's already in there. You're just like like you're already at your allotment. Do you yeah. want to go ahead anyway? And then you say. That's true. Yeah, play it. <laughs> Give me the yeah. content. Anyway, I'm just irritated at all these podcasts that are being kind of split up. And it's not, of course, the ones that are doing it willingly are these hugely successful ones like Joe Rogan, who can get a few million dollars out of a contract. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's great. He doesn't have to worry about ads anymore. Spotify is still going to run ads in the show, so they make money. But, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, from episode to episode, you don't have to necessarily worry about how many downloads you get because you already have the contract. You get that flat fee. and um, That's true. But then you're also putting your your show in the hands of a bigger corporation. So, like, if, if he becomes a very controversial mm-hmm. figure, right, like, even more than he is, I guess, like, then and they want to yeah. drop him, you know, then like he loses his platform he's got to start exactly and um there's already some controversial stuff about him i don't know how that's going to impact his contract um but not even just him like uh i saw that on i mean this is uh, supposed to be a, a secret thing but now it's in the press so i'll go ahead and mention it that amazon is going to start doing podcasts um i can include the link to that but the interesting highlight there I didn't really read the Spotify conditions when I had our show on Spotify before, so maybe this is not hugely different. But um, apparently, if you want your show to be picked up in the stream for Amazon podcasts, your show cannot say anything bad about Amazon, which already throws out like half of the tech shows I listen to because, you know, sure, I mean, I appreciate Amazon to the extent that I get their paychecks, but um, a lot of interesting discussions are going on about, you know, what different tech companies are doing and the pros and the cons. And even if you're not hating on Amazon, you still need room to point out and criticize. And that just seems very kind of like, I don't know, Soviet Union to like, (laughs) can't say anything bad about mother Amazon if you're doing that. Party. Um, there was this thing, huh. one, one last point, I won't, I won't go into it cause I can't f- find it right now, but, um, Leo Laporte, who is like one of the OG podcasters from, uh, this week in tech, he wrote an article or had an interview talking about how it, um, it's also gonna influence the, the little guy in terms of like us, just stuff that you're talking about. First of all, fewer people will be listening to us if they're all on Spotify. Although no one listened on Spotify, so don't worry about mm-hmm. that. 
But um, <laughs> in terms of ad money um, and contracts and all that, you do kind of have to tailor your show to create content that's going to get more engagement. So he was talking about Serial was a great success, and now all these true crime dramas are a great success on podcasts and they drive engagement because people want to binge it because the shows are structured in a way that they always have a cliffhanger okay that's great you know no one is hating Mm -hmm. on fun podcasts i definitely like that but the problem is if you are a company and you're signing these different shows to your platform why would you want to sign up a show like us why would you want to sign up a interview podcast that's not, that's gonna have one guest um and they used the example of i think it was all things considered from npr and um super uh-huh. well-known radio show it's also a podcast they get great numbers overall <clears throat> but it's very swiss cheese right. when they look at the episodes because you might have uh you know colin powell on one of the interviews and then you'll have some other person on another one when you have these self-contained episodes instead of a murder mystery that's ongoing people just pick and choose they don't necessarily download and listen to each of them so anyway long long story short and you see this with netflix where they're always optimizing and experimenting with different types of shows to get people's attention um i don't want that for for podcasts i like how podcasts are just kind of this wild west they're totally free Anyone can listen to it. Anyone can make anything, kind of like a Mm -hmm. YouTube video. You have all kinds of crazy creators doing their own thing. Um, And when it's optimized for TV, or in this case, optimized for like a Spotify or Amazon, that's going to, I don't know, decrease the overall value. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always saw podcasts as, you know, being the eventual replacement of radio, right? But in the sense that like, Whereas radio, you had to buy airspace Mm -hmm. and then you needed to fill that airspace like to the maximum extent possible because you're trying to maximize your investment with podcasting that doesn't exist. Right. So it's like essentially when you're podcasting, you are your own radio station, but you only have to produce as much content as you want because you're it only costs you whatever it costs you to produce that moment. Right. It's not like the buy-in costs or the, the living costs, which I would, what I would think of is like the airwaves, like every second that the airwaves are running, it's like that's right. a living cost and you have to fill it. But so you could only have so many radio stations cause there's only so many people that are willing to like take on that burden of filling all mm-hmm. that airspace. Right. Um, and monetizing it, whatever, but podcasts were kind of the opposite. It's like, well, if you just, if you find your own advertiser for your one show, then like that's all you need to run. And like I said, people can find it for free. Just like they found radio for free. Um, that seemed to make sense to me. Like I could understand how, like if you have a very specific niche podcast, you might charge for it in some Mm -hmm. strange way. Right. Or if you like have your own following, um, like I could see Joe Rogan being like, I want to start charging for the Joe Rogan podcast. Like I'm going to start charging by Mm -hmm. a dollar an episode. And I bet a lot of people would just do Sam it. Sam Harris. So like, whatever, sure. I, I don't know if you listen to his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and but I know he, um, he, I listened to his final episode. I didn't necessarily listen to all of them. But he had a podcast, and it's like a philosophy kind of discussion thing and interesting mm-hmm. stuff. He really is against advertising, which I am too, so that's great. And he said, you know what? I'm going to switch to this model. I don't know if it's Patreon or some other thing, but basically monthly fee. 
and you subscribe to the show, pay for it if you want the full episodes. If not, you're going to get the first 30 minutes of my discussion, and then it's going to cut off, and that's it for for free. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm never going to do ads. And ultimately, he's doing this for for money. That's his income, so that makes sense. Uh, I Mm -hmm. see, and I see that as, that's kind of like the the mature landscape of podcasts. Um, I, yeah, I compare podcasts to blogging. So rewind to when we were in like high school, um, to when was I in high school? 2000, uh, 2000 to 2005 ish. And, um, uh, or 2001, I guess. But anyway, yeah, just, you know, blogs being on the internet, First of all, no one reads your blog. Everyone knows that. But it's still fun to have a blog. Uh, they're free. You could get one on right. Blogger or uh, on uh, WordPress and these different things. And people just, you know, write whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get a following. Maybe they, they share their blogs with their friends and vice versa. And um, it's a kind of fun thing. And that was just people on the Internet creating and sharing stuff. And then... You have a tech blog, for example, that starts to get more attention and turns in, it gets kind of a broad following, uh, like um, Engadget. And then you start to hire reporters and advertisement, you know, ads go on there so that way you can make money off of that. And um, so this blog kind of graduates into like a medium to small business. And then, of course, you have the big mm-hmm. players like CNN or New York Times. They open up websites, and uh, so they, you know, all intents and purposes are blogging, <laughs> but they're putting in tons of money right. and resources, and they need money back, of course. Um, I feel like podcasts are sort of on that same trajectory where they start out with, like, people like me. I I pay, I think, about mm-hmm. 10 bucks a year for my hosting. It's unlimited hosting, and the domain name that I have may I could find a cheaper one, but it's like 15 bucks a year. Um, so I don't know what that's, it feels like nothing. Um, and so I have no plans to ever put ads. I don't need money out of this. This is not, I have my own day job basically, but yeah. And, but I, I do understand there are people who like have success. And so it's shifting from a hobby to their day job. And I guess just like mm-hmm. anything, that's where capitalism just ruins stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, some of the things that have come about recently do make the whole model a bit more interesting, like Patreon, mm-hmm. right? I listen to quite a few podcasts now, at least three that I can think of. No, wait. Four, five, five at least that I can think of that are Patreon based, so they don't have any ads, um, and instead they ask for uh, patrons to contribute like a dollar a month or something like that. And some of can them can you have listen like, you know, without, or like, you you mean you have to support them? Okay, you can. No, you can listen without, um, but they try to get people to do it just because like like hey, you know, it really helps us to continue mm-hmm. to be able to do this show, like and to justify spending the time doing it. Um, and sometimes they give some extra premium content yeah. for like Mike. Like Mike a does that with his comic book podcast. Here there. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, some of them get like between almost like a thousand patrons at a dollar, and then you know, the, like three people that are running the show are then splitting a thousand dollars a month, like to do the podcast, which is like 
you know, that's probably worth the investment they're putting in. And it allows them whenever they need like better equipment or to pay for hosting or whatever. It just, you know, mm-hmm. comes out of that money. And and if that continues to grow, then it's like that's a natural growth, right? They get yeah. more and more patrons and then and, like, you know, if it's two thousand dollars a month among three people. And that's if you love good. it, you know, right, so. I, I can't really argue against right. doing what you love or making money from what you love. I think that's great. I just, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I, I do like that model more of opt-in where people who truly appreciate it, they can pay you, you know, what they want or what they get out of it. Um, I just really mm-hmm. hate ads and I don't like this alternative of, well, we can't do ads or we're not making enough money off of ads or whatever. Uh, then let's go to this exclusive platform. Sure. You, you cut out the ads. That's nice. But I think it's almost worse because you sacrifice most of your audience. I think like Joe Rogan is probably yeah, going to lose control. half of his audience. People say, um, but I don't know. Hmm. Then, you know, That's interesting. You, you care about making sure you get that income stream more than the people listening. So, right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, he'll, he'll probably lose a bunch of audience, but, you know, I'm sure that Spotify is also committing to spending a certain amount of money on audience acquisition, oh, yeah. right? Because they have, they want to put the ads in front of people. So the more people listening, the more they can charge mm-hmm. for their ads and so forth and so forth. So the, the March continues, you know, like it normally does, but it may be different people, people who don't want to listen on Spotify, which I don't know. I mean, if you, if I really, if I was really following a person, I think I would probably switch. Like if I was like, I really mm-hmm. love Joe Rogan's podcast or I just like, well, love Joe yeah. Rogan for whatever reason, then I would probably go listen to it on Spotify as long as it was right. free. But like with Russell Brand, the only reason I didn't get that, I would have gotten that app except that I knew I was going to have to pay right. a monthly fee for it. And I was like, I don't like this that much. There, there will be other podcasts out there that are free that will give me right. what this one does. And um, even though I don't like exactly that. The same kind of going back to our discussion about how would you solve TV? Uh, although mm-hmm. I, I didn't like your idea of paying per show. Actually, I love the idea of Patreon where don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't force me to switch my, my experience or my app or whatever. Um, let me stay put, but I will pay you, you know, a dollar a month for your show or something like that. Um, yeah. Like if you pay the dollar a month, you can you can get access to the RSS right. feed that will just put right. it in your podcast thing or something like that. But then Spotify wouldn't want that, of course, because that means people aren't listening on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have an uh, option to opt out of ads, and that money doesn't go to Spotify. If Spotify, if people are going to opt out of ads, oh, they're yeah. going to pay us for, for sure. it. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so. that's just something. Anyway. It's more in my industry and stuff that's just been bothering me lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. And by the way, I, I'm a Patreon for none of, I'm a patron <laughs> for none of those shows, but this, this discussion has made me want to maybe yeah. do that. Not cause I want more content. I have too I much know. content. See, that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm just drowning <laughs> but in it. Just so like I there's this them. great, um, blog. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard of it called wait, but why, uh, by, by Tim urban mm-hmm. and his, yep. The thing is, I, I rarely read it because they're so damn long. But when I do, it's like so yeah. rich and so well done. Um, for people who don't know, he basically takes a certain topic, sometimes an obscure topic, and goes 
10 times deeper than anyone ever would. So for example, with Elon Musk and Tesla, um, a lot of people are writing about it. It's a popular thing. And this is, you know, this is, by the way, before Tesla even came out as a, well, they had just come out with a Roadster, but not the Model 3. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's a lot of talk about it. People are doing reporting and stuff about uh, electronic cars and, you know, how fast they're going to go if their company's going to make money. In this blog, he went back to, the, like, the history of electric vehicles. Apparently, 16th century China was, uh, they invented the first electric vehicle. Yeah, can you imagine, like, 1500s, <laughs> you know, like, medieval China, and they have an electric car. Obviously, it's not a, a car, per se. It's more of a cart. Um, but anyway. But how was electric, I mean, did they have electricity in the east before, like, we were channeling it? Uh, I don't know. This is, this is a chemical reaction. You know, like how in school you have, like, potatoes oh. and wires and stuff, and you can get, like, a current. Gotcha, it was very gotcha, weak gotcha. current, yeah. but they discovered through gotcha. like okay. different you know liquids and stuff they could get an electrical charge going and it would uh, power the movement of some sort of cart i think um so anyway that's just an example of how he goes way back and then of course that wasn't a huge success it was a lot of work just to get that little thing to move and um and it kind of didn't go anywhere and then uh henry ford Actually, I don't know if it was Ford or a competitor, but they did have an electric motor back when they were doing the very first cars in the United States. Um, and it mm-hmm. worked just fine, uh, but the problem was the uh, not everyone had electricity in their houses. Electricity was just as new as right. cars kind of around the same time. Um, and switching to the combustion mm-hmm. engine, it's like, oh, we can just take it anywhere you want, especially if you are out on a farm or whatever. And so it's not like, someone just invented the electric car recently it's really now the conditions are right for it anyway i'm rambling on into the the details but um i like that and um i like the type of stuff that he publishes so i did support his patreon for a while doing just a dollar a month which i thought you know it's it's, uh it's not a lot but actually it's more than nothing so i'm sure it won't hurt yeah you see, he needs a level of his Patreon where if you pay like $3 a month or something, you can get access yeah. to the version where someone just oh, reads it Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I need that. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, like a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I think some people talked about that. Um, but he's like working on a book, and if you do like 3 or $5 or something, you get early access to some stuff like that or drafts of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, so that's the one Patreon I've ever supported. A lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff is born this way. I mean, like the game that we've been talking about so much, mm-hmm. the Elite Dangerous, right? I mean, it started as like, I don't know if it was a Kickstarter, but something similar where people were like buying mm. in early. I thought it started and, in like the 90s. Um, to help the... Well, I mean, okay, oh, okay, sorry, the new version, the Elite Dangerous, right? Elite, the original Elite game was like in the oh, okay. 80s, yeah. 84, I think. But, um, but yeah, the new one, it's like, you know, they were designing it... Um, and you could become an early stage donor and then like you got access to all this stuff once mm-hmm. the game was out. Another game that's similar like yeah, Star Citizen. I was gonna say that. Which you probably heard of. They're doing the same thing. Right. And there's even people who pay like I've heard of somebody paying like ten thousand dollars and they get like this crazy shit. I think you can name you get, like, the ship or something. You get naming rights to something in the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like some of it's like, okay, well I guess if you're rich and you have nothing yeah. else to do, you know, like sure i don't know too many people who have that kind of money who just play video Mm -hmm. games for fun all the time 
the hard thing with Kickstarter, which everyone knows at this point, is that it's a little hard to to gauge whether you are buying a product or investing. Truly, you are investing, but a lot of people treat it like they're Mm -hmm. just buying. You're pre-ordering, and sometimes, like Mm -hmm. I know people who you know they invested the whatever gets you that product, and then the product never came out. Of course. and it's, it's not like yeah. you get a refund. It's not a regular store. It's a sunk cost. They tried to start a business and it failed. They're not going to get that money back, so they can't give it to you. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty cool, too. I think Patreon kind of strikes the difference where um, you're already consuming the product, like a podcast or a, a YouTube show or something. Um, and they're just you're encouraging them to give you a little bit of extra, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with it. We've thought about that from my percussion group. I mean, just like we do like a number of fundraisers. Rob, you are one of our donors. Thank you very much. (laughs) But, um, you know, we do these online fundraisers, but it it would be so much easier and less taxing and probably the same people would buy in at around Mm -hmm. the same amount of money if we just set up this kind of Patreon thing. And instead of donating like $50 at the end of the year, you just, you know, say, okay, I'm going to donate... What would that be like? Uh, wow, $4.16. And like, yeah. Yeah, something like that a month. And then we wouldn't yeah. have to ask them every year, you know? Um, it would just keep coming in steadily and, every month. And people and probably on. way more. Yeah. So while you get a few people that are, you know, doing the $50, you know, once in a while type of donation because, you know, they care about the project or they know you or the people involved and they want to support them. Um, you, you probably get a, a lot broader base if you just say, okay, four dollars, just, you know, a latte a month. Everyone loves to <laughs> use that as a unit, but it's, yeah, like four yeah, bucks right. a month would give you $48 a mm-hmm. year. Um, and if you get probably yeah. more people than you would have with that. Yeah, so we've heard of some other groups doing this. I just haven't been like bold enough yet to make the sort of. Plunge, the hard thing is now you, you know. got to deliver uh, something yeah. tangible each month, even if it's just like an update I, of like, hey, yeah. here's what we're working on for the fall season. Right, and I suppose that would be a good. That would be good for us to. It would like maybe force us into doing that a little bit better than we mm-hmm. do. But um, yeah, I don't know. Something to something to, for us to think yeah. about. Yeah, and in the I mean. And we're, we're trying to figure out how to do content mm-hmm. in general in mid coronavirus, you know, cause we just were a live performance group and now we are not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> by necessity. So we're trying to figure out, do we want a live stream? Well, most of the live streams I've watched have just not yeah. been very good. Not that the musicians aren't very good, but just the quality of it. Just not yeah, great, I think, you know? um, so, uh, well, as uh, before I can, I did a live stream recently, so I'll talk about that. But, um, I was going to say it's obviously totally up to each business whether or not they want to invite the uh, the members to participate. But something that you could do is if it's a monthly Patreon or whatever, you could have kind of a suggestion box. And like if I pay X, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the tier is, then uh, you will, you know, read the suggestions or requests or ideas or something <laughs> like that. So if you're looking for content ideas, that could be a way to earn money too. Yeah. With the, uh, with the music streaming, I agree. I've seen a lot of like bad, just don't do it on zoom. I think that's the main thing. I've seen a lot of just crap on zoom because of the audio quality, but Mm -hmm. 
on Adagio, that classical music app that I like, um, they do ever since this started, they've gone into Adagio Live, where you have live concerts. You have to pay like 10 bucks or whatever to tune in. So I don't really do them that often, but they had one with Yo-Yo Ma. Mm -hmm. The audio quality was was amazing. Um, Like great stereo sound. I had my nice headphones on. Um, It wasn't on Zoom. I don't know if they tricked it a little bit well no they didn't because they had q a at the end i was wondering if they pre-recorded it and just uploaded it but um Mm -hmm. they uh had really good audio quality it went through vimeo the video player was on vimeo and the thing is it wasn't like a multi-person call it was just one camera and it was Mm yo-yo ma and he played for about 45 minutes and then they went into a Q&A, and uh, people online could type in their questions, and they had a moderator there in person with Yo-Yo Ma in the studio to read at a distance uh, the questions, and they had like a little discussion, mm-hmm. and that was pretty cool. Um, other times I saw, like, oh, yeah, I signed up for the, what was that, Philharmonic, the Berlin Philharmonic online. Yeah. Um, I watched mm-hmm. one of those or part of it and it was just kind of meh. I don't know. I don't really like watching a symphony perform on the computer. Something about it. Um, yeah. But solo artists, that's pretty cool. Or, you know, maybe a few people. But the mm-hmm. uh, I think it's when you have the computer to computer, that's the issue. So if you have like four people dialing in and trying to play on Zoom at the same time, it's not so great. Well, that doesn't really work anyway because yeah, they just can't synchronize. But, I mean, even doing what you're talking about with Yo-Yo Ma, I mean, I've seen groups do this, and the sound quality is pretty good. The video is mm-hmm. okay, but it's just really difficult to be as engaging um, when you're in that situation. And the equipment you need is so much more expensive. Yeah. Like, to do even a single camera one that's, like, really high quality, well, the camera cost an HD camera that actually looks good once it's been transmitted. I was like, yeah. I mean, at least a grand. And then you have to have, uh, like lit these live streaming, uh, like to get all the audio and video synced up. There's like, and then live stream it. There's like these really, we, we asked our friends at third coast about this cause they mm-hmm. kind of have done it, but Any it's powerful computers. I mean, the startup costs. Yeah. The startup costs were very high and, and the product in the end, although they play wonderfully and, you know, they have decent cameras and stuff, it still, like, wasn't super compelling. It was kind of like you're talking about, like, what's well, like watching the orchestra on the computer. It's like, you, even though you spend all that money, you can't get the same feeling as being mm-hmm. live and not even as good as when you do a pre-recorded yeah. video, you know? Um, so it's, it's tough. You know, it's hard to figure out what yeah, to do. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, not all music is the same, but with... This concert music, I think the thing is, I would listen to an orchestra on Spotify, <laughs> or Adagio, rather, because Adagio mm-hmm. has lossless flack streaming. But um, <laughs> I yeah. would listen to that because, you know, of the, the music that I enjoy, and it's got good sound quality. But uh, no matter how good the sound quality is, the reason I want to go to a symphony is the experience, the the other little details, the, you know, the, yeah, exactly. Just being surrounded. Some energy of, uh, this is getting a little esoteric, but just 
the energy of having, you know, 500 people behind you equally focused forward and the energy of the people on the mm -hmm. stage giving you what they have and the acoustics of the place surrounding you, you know, no, no pair of good yeah. headphones is going to give you the sound quality of actually being there and, um, physically going to a place and sitting down and having one task to do, giving that type of attention creates a different felt experience mm -hmm. than hanging out in my bedroom with yes. headphones on. I can multitask, you know, no matter how much I like the music, I'll be looking at other stuff. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's that. Um, you could do more, um, maybe spectacle is the bad word, but more interesting stuff, I guess, if it's a live stream concert because mm -hmm. you can't just do a one-to-one -one, like okay let's have a concert but we'll put it online i just i don't think that's enough i think it you know like the q a is probably a good element of okay you don't normally have a q a when you go to the symphony but now you can you know right it's a little a little extra yeah. yeah let's figure out what where do you get advantages and where do you where are their disadvantages i think we're learning a lot during this pandemic about like what needs to happen in person and what doesn't mm -hmm. right like i mean you talked about that with your with your job where like sometimes it is frustrating like you have to make so many phone calls but for most of the time yeah. probably it's okay being at home right like and so maybe like that's a shift in the way we start to think about the world is like well maybe we don't need to show up at the office every day but maybe we need to schedule meetings and mm -hmm. go have them together and maybe we'll get more done at those meetings because we're not yeah. having them every day like, we'll be like, this is like a special kind of occasion where we're all getting together and then we go back and go to work. And the same is maybe true with like the way we can, well, the opposite, I guess, is kind of true with the way we consume music. It's like, well, you know, it is, it'll be very important for us to get back to performing live music because we are realizing how different it is to try to do it online. It's just, there is something big missing. It can't be replaced the same way that a lot of work can. Makes um, me appreciate it a lot more. Honestly, I, I, like. Whenever it's right, whenever right. I feel comfortable enough, I predict or I want to go to more in-person music stuff than I ever have. Like when, once they take it away from you, yeah. you you crave it. <laughs> right, right. Um, and man, I'm I'm praying things are better by the time this comes around. But in November, yeah, November, I have tickets to oh, see Tom York. Yeah, wow. uh, in in Chicago and you know, it already had gotten delayed once. It was supposed to happen, I think in April. And of course it got, mm -hmm. you know, postponed. Um, so we'll see if that comes around, but like, man, I'm like, ever since it got delayed, I've been like just craving it so much. I like, can't wait for that thing. And you know, it's probably going to get delayed again because yep. it's supposed to take place at the, uh, uh, auditorium theater in Chicago, which seats like 5,000 people or something. And, like the chances of a venue being open at full capacity with that many people by November is just yeah, pretty low. It's like, how will we solve this? Um, especially when the supply is little, right? There's only one Tom <laughs> yeah. York. So it's not like Tom York can show up and play like a hundred times right. as many shows for smaller groups. Of I mean, people, he could, he know? could go like on a uh, or... intimate venue type of tour, but he's not going to make the money. Like, it's, it's a personal decision. Like, is it worth it to Tom York to continue to play music and have a, right. a, a physical audience where there's maybe 25 people uh, and you're not making the money? Or do you really need the paycheck? Right. And, you know, I mean, 
I, I can't really fault anyone for mm-hmm. needing that paycheck, but, uh, yeah. Right. And I mean, at least they, you know, he's got another outlet. You're just gonna, they can keep making studio albums, which is mm-hmm. great. I hope they do, you know, but I think we're going to just find, I think we're, we're discovering ourselves. That's kind of my point to that whole mm-hmm. comment, um, in a way that we've never been forced to. And I think it's yeah. kind of healthy. Like, I think there's going to be so many good things that hopefully come out of the end of this, especially if November goes well. <laughs> if if we have a good election, I think we're going to learn a lot of good lessons. And if we don't, then maybe we're just going to be fighting for another, you know, four yeah, years. Yeah, it's but, funny. It's like, um, it's painful, but it's also growth. If, well, this is also coming mm-hmm. from a, a place of privilege, which I think is very important. If you know, you have unstable income or unstable home life because of all this, or you're sick or anything, then this is not the best, obviously for learning about yourself, but right. Right. You know, obviously where I'm coming from, where my job is now online and it has, you know, it's small problems, but, um, mm-hmm. overall I've got my same income stream and I'm stuck at home. So I'm kind of, processing this a little differently where I find, you know, I was never, I don't know how to say this right. I was never a huge, like small business person. Um, I appreciated that they existed. Um, but it was this sort of, um, what's that, uh, that thing you learn in psychology class where no one calls the police because they assume someone else already has, same 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 about. thing no with small called. businesses where yeah. like i lived in brooklyn for ages i i love that it's filled with all these unique little businesses so i'm not saying i'm against them but i never felt any personal obligation to patronize and support them regularly because i it, new york is busy there's thousands of people someone else will do it um i never worried about them now yeah. that they are like existentially threatened i notice i am so much more generous with my money once a week, we would go to our favorite restaurant, and we couldn't eat there, but we'd get takeout. I'd probably spend a hundred dollars every time, just because you know, for the good food, obviously, but just to keep them in business because I love that place. And I would, even though there's no right. service, usually when I do pickup, uh, I don't really tip because it doesn't make sense. You're just, mm-hmm. but I would tip twenty percent right. every time I went to go pick up the food and, yeah, and all I do that. I'm very yeah. in food delivery and all this stuff. I'm like so much more generous with the tipping and, and all that just because I want it to, to stay around and I miss movie theaters. I bought a, a nice big gift card for my favorite movie theater <laughs> Stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm noticing, you know, like you're saying, what we, what's important to us and it's kind of shifting our habits, I guess. Yeah. I mean, trying to imagine like what it would be like to only have all the big box options. That makes it kind of depressing, right? Like it's one thing for like one business to like when, you know, in normal times it's like, oh, that business is gone. You know, that's just like one business that goes away and something else comes in in its place. But when the idea of all of them being gone and like your options then for food are like Like just like chilies and (laughs) Applebee's. Or like like if you could only go, if you could only go (laughs) to like Walmart for your, I don't know, your coffee mugs and your napkins and uh, picture frames. I'm trying to, usually I get these little like knickknacks for the house from these small businesses Uh because they have really unique, exactly. Because you want something unique. It looks nice and it's unique and 
you know, like I guess Target has some nice looking stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, but just it's not the same if you only had that one option. Right. I totally agree. Well, I mean, hopefully a lot of people are having this kind of realization. And I think in general, if we, we would be better off, like we would be better off if we took care a little bit more of mm-hmm. our own communities. Right. It made me realize this whole thing, like how little, well, this didn't make me realize it, but it, it brought it more into focus. Like how little we knew our hmm. immediate neighbors, like living in the city. It's such a weird conundrum of being, having grown up in a rural area and then living in a city because, uh, in a rural area, like everyone cares pretty much. They care a lot about their, the people around them, right? Their, Hmm. their immediate community. And then they sort of care less about the meta community, right? There's like, there's small towns tend to be a lot more Mm -hmm. conservative. Um, even though they like, they would drop everything to help their immediate neighbors, like maybe not people they don't know. Right. But then the cities are opposite. Like we like we don't trust our neighbors. Really? We don't like I don't in, even know who lived cases, in the building you know, with me until there's a gas leak one time. And right. I had to knock right. On their door. Right. You wouldn't go out of your way to like help them out if they were like maybe behind on rent. I don't even. Yeah, right? exactly. That's not going to happen. Talk to them. But at the same time, urban places are more liberal. And t- we tend to want to be, or be, we're okay with being taxed at a higher rate to help a bunch of people we don't know, which oh is gosh. so, it's such yeah. a weird dichotomy, right? How that works. And that's something that's been really interesting to me. I'm hoping to explore it a little bit with an art huh. actually in some way, but I, I, it's been exacerbated yeah. by this moment, I think. Um, and the mask wearing and all the other stuff, just how people treat it and how they think. And uh, it's very, very interesting but hopefully we come out on the other side with like a much more mindful, yeah. all of us more mindful. Hopefully like, you know, us city people think about um, our immediate mm-hmm. neighbors a lot more. And hopefully people in those small towns think about the global situation more. And yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be good. But it's, or it's maybe funny. Not. And I mean, Who's, who knows? We should probably wrap up kind of soon. But uh, I yeah. came from a suburban uh living situation my whole life uh you know developing developing life and then as an adult i've pretty much spent like nine or ten years in new york and now i'm in philadelphia so it went from suburban to urban and um in the suburbs i would say it's neither of what you described well you do know your neighbors i guess but i don't know how much of that is me being a little kid and like when you have kids they play with kids down the street and then the parents know the parents of the kids and all that. Mm -hmm. If I were to move there today, I wouldn't give a fuck. I don't want to meet the people next to me. Honest, to be totally (laughs) honest, like maybe that's just how I'm engineered now after living in New York. But, um, like, so I don't know how much of it is the kid factor, but, um, I think even that being said, like if it wasn't the parents of my play friends, I don't think my parents or I knew anyone else who lived in the neighborhood. Like you go to like a couple streets away from our house. I don't know any of those people. Um, and, right. and then on the flip side, you don't necessarily care, uh, cares uh, the wrong word. You're not necessarily concerned about the community, the meta community. It's just kind of there. Um, because you're not really feeling the, I don't know how much of this is just my lens of being as a kid is probably different as an adult, but there wasn't much of a focus mm-hmm. on like the town and like the services and the upkeep. And the point I'm getting to with New York is 
I never knew my neighbors. First of all, because you know you you could be moving each year when your lease is up, so you don't really have that much time to commit into right. that person. Whereas growing up, you might spend twenty years in a neighborhood. Uh, but you know, I lived sure. three years in this one building, and we only met. We just didn't have a reason to meet people. First of all, you, you never even run into them unless you happen to be like carrying groceries up the stairs at the same time. And at that point, you just like say, "Hey, mm-hmm. how's it going?" Um, but right. um, I cared a lot about the the meta the services you know the the street cleaning mm-hmm. and the garbage collection and all that stuff and i'm caring about that even more now that i'm in philadelphia uh because they just <laughs> it's just a shitty city <laughs> sorry to anyone oh, who's really? listening no i when i say that i mean the city services so i think of when you say meta versus the neighbors i think of meta are like the city as your provider, your, your municipal services. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just like the water smells weird here. Uh, it, it dries out your hair. It's (laughs) terrible. Like I can't, you can't even, Oh, I mean, it's probably potable, but you wouldn't want to drink water from the faucet. You, you get one of those water filter jugs that you put in the fridge and that's probably normal for a lot of places, Uh but in New York, just to brag about New York again, they have the cleanest water. I think mm-hmm. in parts of the world, it's the <laughs> it's the best water. So um, oh, wow. I've never had to use a water filter or anything there. You just drink it straight out of the tap. Uh, so, oh, and then also the garbage collection. Apparently, I didn't even think about it, but garbage collection comes three times a week in Brooklyn, um, which sounds a lot if you're coming from a suburb mm-hmm. or it's weekly, but three times a week because you've got like six people at one address tons of trash piling up you need to get it out of there here i am i'm in another city it's not as dense as brooklyn but there's um i'm in a three unit building so there's two families above me and it's kind of like this little courtyard that rolls up to one street address so there's two other buildings around here so i don't know how many people but there's quite a few people trash only comes once a week i don't know how these people do it we literally have bags of trash and recycling hanging out in our living room we need to figure out something because we're still figuring it out. I don't know what other people are doing, but we we don't leave it in the little courtyard where we live because I'm assuming our neighbors would be pissed if we put trash in the courtyard. Um, there are no bins right. in New York. There is there is there's well, a there bin no that you bins. take it. You fill up the bin, and then the super would drag the bin out to the curb. You know, on trash day, that was mm-hmm. kind of like the superintendent's job. <sighs> anyway. Right. Um, but there's no bins in Philadelphia? None. They just have None trash bags? None that I see. They have uh, the recycling huh. container that people can use if they want. But it's like... Right. I've got like I mean, th- yeah. three or four bags in Chicago, just hanging out in the apartment. Yeah. It's interesting. In Chicago, I mean, everyone's got like mm-hmm. a bin that yeah. you put out in the alley. Right. They have alleys here, which I don't know. Yeah. Maybe in Philly, there's they're some, not alleys There's an everywhere. alley. I'll have to FaceTime you the, the outdoors sometime. Uh, we're, we're like off of the street. You actually take a little alley back behind the street and we are in this rear unit that kind of is open to this courtyard where a few different buildings face and it's nice little cobblestone Mm -hmm. courtyard. And, but I don't see any of those big, like black trash canisters. I don't see any of those industrial bins. I don't see any trash anywhere. Um, so yeah, uh, the trash came on Friday. It's Sunday already. (laughs) We've got two bags that we need to take out, but nowhere to take it so that's just my rant about like when i come to another city even though it's not as dense as new york it's still crazy like 
um, I would be, please let me pay you more money to come twice a week, you know? And the, and the roads are terrible. I don't <laughs> right, drive right. a lot, but the roads are terrible and <laughs> a lot of potholes and stuff. Like there's just <laughs> issues. So yeah, I don't even remember what this rant was about, but, uh, just what, what you, what you care about in, you know, <laughs> urban, suburban and, and yeah, right. rural. Um, yeah. The neighbors are nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good. You're in the, what is the city yeah. of brotherly love? Right. And also where the French prince was oh, born yeah. and raised, <laughs> according to the song. Yeah. It's not all in, when I said it's <laughs> shitty, I mean that it's really nice looking. It's really cool. There's, we're right in the colonial area. So there's, uh, you know, the Liberty Bell and a lot of nice parks. We're like a couple of blocks from the waterfront and there's a little, place you can go and jog on the water so that's nice it's a nice place yeah it's really nice but the services as a provider is just mm-hmm. not cutting it <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting well i'll be excited to hear more as we uh keep doing this podcast about what you discover yeah. about philadelphia maybe yeah. that you do like we'll Rob. See. <laughs> i'm just uh it's it's weird when you live somewhere so long and you have and you have to leave it's not like you wanted to leave it's like oh yeah we got a great house or whatever it's like right uh being in a a military family or something where you you have to leave and then you got to adapt so i'm just a little bitter right now maybe in a few months i'll i'll (laughs) I'll ease up (laughs) yeah yeah you'll get used to things and uh who knows maybe uh Maybe I'll be able to come out there and visit you one of these times. That'd be cool. I've never been to Philadelphia. If they allow me in the state, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm allowed. To I don't know. I state. think you are, but whenever things clear up, that'd be that'd yeah. be pretty cool. It's a lot bigger, the apartment. So um, I made a, mm-hmm. a little video walkthrough for friends and families, and it it's like 300 right, megabytes, so it was too much to text. So I just put it on Plex. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you can stream it, check it out. All right. Nice. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, podcast people. As always, um, <laughs> you know, no pressure, but a little pressure. Let us know if there's anything you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling a friend about the podcast, um, about uh, how we did a music episode, and she said that you know she'd love to hear one about John Carpenter. Um, more movie music Mm. uh i was thinking uh, more i learn about it danny elfman and but then you know just be a whole show about composers which wouldn't be bad but i also like this just kind of random bitching session yeah yeah it would be maybe uh, something interesting we can talk about later is like finding like as opposed to just doing like a profile of a specific Mm -hmm. composer is like finding like okay, we'll do like three film composers and we'll like listen to different things like that they've done and then like kind of talk about how they're different and what makes each of them great. And then we could do that for other oh, things cool. too, like three like tech services or three of that thing and like just comparing Ooh, three yeah. different things of different topics. You know, that way it doesn't have to be about one. We could call it three things. Thing. I yeah. like that. That's a cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have a spinoff yeah. podcast to our podcast that has like we could talk about different types of tea i didn't get into it this time but next time yeah i tried three I tried types the tea, of tea you brought and uh we could talk about it next time good yeah did you figure out what the temperature uh, was? i read online and they yeah. recommended uh 175 fahrenheit so 
That sounds like about a five minute cool but off. Interesting. Even though you can do the specific temperature. I said we'd talk about this in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Okay, next episode. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs>